Welcome back to the Good Portion Mama podcast. I'm your host, Megan King, and I'm so excited you're here. In a world where busyness is celebrated and being overwhelmed is the motherhood norm, this hot mess mom is here to tell you there's joy and fulfillment through setting aside those typical mom expectations and instead building true, authentic connections with Christ, ourselves, and others. So throw those kids some fruit snacks, grab that cold cup of coffee or that well-deserved glass of wine, and let's get ready for the good portion. Hey there, mamas! Welcome back to the Good Portion Mama. It's here. It's finally here. Our relaunch day. (laughs) I know that sounds really childish to say it like that, but I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am and how much I have missed doing these shows for you guys. And can I just tell you how much I have enjoyed hearing from those of you who have been keeping in touch with me privately or in our community, just letting me know how the episodes that you have been playing catch up on or that you have been replaying have been working out for you during our almost three month sabbatical that we've had and I want to extend my deepest thanks for your patience while I took a little break and when I say little three months does not seem little at all but can I tell you how fast it is gone. But while I took a break to refocus on my priorities, like I try to encourage you guys to do in every episode. Now, before we get going with the actual content for today, I think I should give you kind of a short, and short is kind of in italics because we all know I'm long-winded, but a short explanation of why the break was both urgent, unexpected, and also necessary, and kind of where we are now. And then we'll get into the good stuff. Now, I'll try hard not to make today's episode too long because I know you guys are all busy and important people and you have lots and lots of things to do, but I do have a lot to cover, so bear with me. So we launched this podcast in June and even though we hit a few bumps and had some minor technical difficulties a couple of times, we got going and we got right around 10 episodes, grew our community to over 500 members, hit the top 100 charts for Christian podcasts in Sweden. (laughs) which I'm still a little confused and LOLing at, by the way. But I got the opportunity to interview my girl boss crush and publish it all for you guys for free. And then I found out that my coaching call that she had with me at the beginning of the year made it on her publish list too. So that was all so exciting and something I was really, really proud of and excited about and really just kind of touched my heart. And then August hits. And out of the blue, you get a Facebook Live that I'm needing to take a personal break to work on a few personal things and that we sold our house without even listing it and we were moving. What the what? So some of you messaged me asking what was going on, if everything was okay, uh, even if I was off my meds. (laughs) Kidding, sort of. You know who you are. Now that things have somewhat slowed down, some of you are thinking, Megan, you got some splaining to do, okay? I know I've explained to you guys in some previous episodes that for the last year, I've had this strong calling from God in an area of change and growth in being more mindful of not just what I'm doing, but why I'm doing it. Kind of finding the glory and the blessings and the fulfillment and all the things and the people that are around me by kind of slowing down and allowing him to guide my steps and decisions and actions. This podcast has been a huge part of that path and lesson, and I continue to not just learn, but share my testimony with all of you in that process. And I've been super proud to look back and see how different things are now in the entire outlook 
of my life, family, friends, my calling, my church family, my business, all of that stuff. And in the middle of a global pandemic, when the emotional and mental distress of so many people is at an all-time high, I'm certain that I have not felt so strong in my belief that God has had his hand in all of this. Now, I have never, to the point where I can remember at least, felt so comforted and at peace with so many unknowns in the world around me. And I can assure you, a year ago, if even half of the challenges and uncertainties had presented themselves to me, I would have been in like full-blown mental and spiritual breakdown mode, okay? Just think like 2017 Britney, but with COVID and, I don't know, prohibition or something, okay? Straight up catastrophic for this wine lover, right? So it's 2020, there's a pandemic, I've been stuck at home all summer after uh, uh, the last, what, fourth or third of the school year, I was doing remote learning with my kids, right? So stuck at home all summer with the kids and um, their stay-at-home orders. So, you know, what would normally be a fabulous time being able to be home with my kids all summer. But with all the stay-at-home orders, you couldn't even go anywhere. You couldn't do anything, right? So stuck at home all summer with the kids, stay-at-home orders. I'm running my own wine business, and I just launched my new service project with this podcast and my new mentoring and coaching business, Living the Dream, right? And (laughs) in August, I was made aware of a situation involving a family member who was struggling mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, all of these things, uh, they were all contributing to a habit that was making her home both unsafe and unhealthy for her to live in and other people to come over and be in. So knowing my gifts and organizing and planning and serving, I knew this was a project that I could and should take on and help with. On top of all of this, I planned on sending my kids back to school, but the district decided that they were only allowing either full-on remote learning or the hybrid version. Basically, I panicked. <laughs> I could not do a repeat of the end of the last school year. We would not survive, y'all. I mean it, for real. So after lots of praying and asking for help and information and research, Jake and I decided if these kids were going to be at home all but two days a week and I was going to have to be a somewhat backup teacher, I might as well just be the teacher and do it on our own terms and our own timeline. And you know what? God made sure he put all of the right people and information right right in front of me, right when I needed it. And I am loving it. And I feel like my kids are too. Now I'm learning right alongside them about both fractions and what I'm capable of. Hashtag I suck at math. And then because apparently I'm a glutton for punishment, we sold our house. Now, to be clear, and to help those of you that were mad that we didn't give you a chance to buy our house, uh, I'll clarify, we didn't even list our home on the market. We have been talking since the beginning of the year, off and on, about downsizing. When we bought that house, we bought it with the intention of it being our forever home. We both worked full-time. We only had the two boys who were both in school, you know, four people who were only there a small portion of the time. However, now there's six of us five of which have been home all day, every day since January-ish, right? 14 acres and that size of house, though one of the most gorgeous things I've ever been able to call home, is a lot. And I know I'm saying it, but if I was typing it, I want you to know that would be in all caps, a lot of work. 
We had everything we needed and pretty much everything we wanted, but the work to keep it all up was exhausting. And I'm not just talking the physical work of cleaning or improving or mowing or yard work, but even just the mental workload as a stay-at-home mom of just simply keeping inventory of it all was a major toll. So when it became clear how the market was like, totally a seller's market. We thought, eh, we'll see if we can fix some things up in case we decide to sell it at some point. So we called a family friend who does remodeling. Let me point this out. We made one freaking phone call to ask for a quote on completing these little fixer-upper things that needed done just in case we decided we wanted to sell the house sometime in the relatively near future. And this man, instead of offering a quote, told Jake to call his son if we were even considering selling because they had been searching for a house in the area and there was literally nothing on the market at that point. And then three weeks later, fast track... (laughs) His son and Jake and I and his wife had verbally committed to the sale and then turnaround time of like one week, they had gotten their house ready and sold it the same day they listed it. So here I sit on the bed of the back bedroom of my husband's parents' house (laughs) recording this relaunch episode. Crazy. Now, I don't know how many times I've made a joke about someone having a midlife crisis and moving back into their parents' house, but now apparently I'm living that dream quite well, I might add. So long story, shorter than I'd normally make it, this break was so that I could maintain my sanity and help maintain the sanity of my family while we literally upended everything in my life. I sold probably more than half our belongings in a Facebook group sale I created. I helped work on this project for this family member in rebuilding a safe and healthy home for her to live in. Started homeschool for four kids in four different age and grade levels. Sold my house, moved in with my in-laws, not to mention my husband and the kids got a dog, but that's a story for another episode. (laughs) Bought our new house that now has to be gutted and remodeled to fit our family of six comfortably and in a semi-minimalist way and all along still trying to make sure I maintain some decent level of self-care and connection with God and those around me. So that's where we're at. So that brings us to this last week. (laughs) We were supposed to launch last Friday because that's the date that I scheduled and I just could not get my life together, you guys. And can I just tell you how humorous it is now looking back because I realized when I scheduled our relaunch date, I did not pray over that date. I did not consult with God. I just said, I'm going to do it mid-October. And I had this weird feeling like it's not going to happen, but I wanted it to happen because I missed doing this so much. And I find it humorous now looking back because I realized that was God telling me, don't do it. Don't push your plan. Follow mine. Ask me. Let me guide you. And once again, I did not do that. And it's humorous now because I see all the little things that he threw in the way to make sure that that episode did not air last week. And here is why. I had tried everything to get the stuff done so that I could write and record and edit and publish 
our episode last Friday, and it came down to the last minute where I had written most of the episode by Thursday afternoon, and I needed to get up early Friday morning to record and edit and get it published for you so that you guys could have the episode by Friday. Um, at 3.45 in the morning on Friday, my nine-year-old fell out of the bunk bed that he sleeps in here at my in-law's house and hit his head. It knocked him out, knocked him unconscious for, I'm guessing, about five minutes because he was kind of awake and talking, but not really awake. He doesn't remember any of that. So he ended up vomiting every 45 minutes for quite a few hours before we finally took him into the emergency room where they did an x-ray of his wrist because his wrist was hurting. Thankfully, it wasn't broken or no fractures or anything and just observed his head for signs of serious concussion. But turns out minor concussion, probably a sprained wrist and just a little hurt pride. But nonetheless, it took up my entire day on Friday and then coming back to what seemed to be a very long day for everybody with little to no sleep. Didn't get the episode published or done on Friday and I thought, you know what, we'll reschedule for this Friday and can I just tell you how excited I am that while I never want my kids to get hurt, we're having completely different content this week because God has put something on my heart that I probably would not have shared with you guys had I not had the weekend that I had had. So that brings us to where we're at right now and we're going to be talking about about something that I feel like I have struggled with for quite a long time. And as much as I've prayed and asked God about it, I never really felt like I received any kind of an answer till now. And when I heard that I was not alone in this battle, I knew that we needed to talk about it. So I rewrote the episode and this is um, something that is not easy to talk about. And I feel like I, I worry that I'm going to put some of you off by saying it. And I know that we've talked about submission in your marriage before for which um, I had a few people question me about and I think I think we'll probably do another episode at a later time going into a little more detail about how I got to that point and and kind of how that works now but Anyway, if you're part of our online community, the Good Portion Mama Facebook group, and I haven't annoyed you enough to turn off the notifications, you likely saw my post earlier this week talking about my struggle with having loved ones, some of the people who are the most near and dear to my heart, aside from God, who are not believers. And by the way, if you aren't part of our community on Facebook, be sure to go to Facebook groups, check out the Good Portion Mama, and join us. We would love to have you guys in our sisterhood. A little spam there. In 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 our group, I posted and talked about how much I have, you know, grown in my ability to let go and let God take the lead in my life, to stop constantly stressing about how things will turn out if I'm not constantly, you know, micromanaging every single moment, and how awesome it's been being able to share that experience with with you guys and with other people so that, you know, eventually you can do the same. However, the reassurance and how God has come through in every single way when I've been obedient and faithful has stirred up this reminder, you know, that some of the people that I love most in this world do not have that same faith. And they're not a believer in Christ as our Savior. Now, I know Christ is my Savior. I know when my earthly body gives out that I will spend eternity with God in a heaven on earth that we can't even begin to imagine. And I know that he is 
the way, like the only way. I know that every man has the choice of whether he will or will not choose the same. And what I struggle with here, though, is how, when I am in heaven, can I truly be happy and living eternal joy knowing some of those that I love most Ultimately, if they don't come to admitting a faith in Christ alone as their savior, these these loved ones are destined for eternal damnation. How can how can I experience this bliss of perfect happiness while also losing some of the most important people in my life? And I've done so much praying and even an embarrassing amount of crying and worrying over the last few years just on this one thing. And I've mentioned it to my husband once, but not really uh, anybody else. And I'm not sure why. It's probably because the whole crybaby mess thing that I become thinking about it, but whatever. But this week, I feel like God has finally opened my eyes and I'm still in a position and still trying to get more information and more guidance and wisdom on the subject because I'm still in this place of kind of sad, kind of embarrassed um, and ashamed, and then also a little bit of peace. So I want to share that with you guys and kind of kind of talk through it, I guess, of where I stand today. So I just challenge you to hear this episode with an open heart and turn around and pray on it yourself and do a little self-discovery and self-examination and pray to God and ask him to give you the wisdom and guidance on whether or not you think that this is right. So the way it all kind of started and... <laughs> I always talk about how funny and somewhat not funny it is that God teaches us or speaks to us. Like, I want to ask a question and he just like sends me an email or a text response and I'm like, okay, got it. Thanks, God. Uh, But no, it always ends up like this weird puzzle with like 50 different pieces. And then finally, they all just kind of come together with this big picture and it's like a brick to my dome piece, right? In my weekly small group Bible study on Wednesday night, We were doing a series on the book of James that's been bringing to light a lot of spiritual reflection with what feels like a pretty swift kick in the ovaries, if I might add. I mean, serious self-reflection. If you're ever feeling super righteous, check out James. Check out the book of James in the Bible. That'll bring you right back on track. On top of that, we have this whole pandemic happening with all these political campaigning and rioting and looting and hearings about a new Supreme Court justice where she people are being hateful and critical of her religious affiliation and her admitting to her submission to her husband through her, um, I guess, her belief system. And then to top it off, the series for our Sunday services at church are literally on the subject of submission to authority. Now, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you've heard me explain that I believe the Bible teaches us, specifically in Colossians 3, that wives are to submit to their husbands and why and what I interpret the purpose and meaning of that is and where I feel like God has led and guided me and my marriage with that and how that works in my marriage personally. However, this past Sunday, the sermon was specifically covering 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, which also begins with, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. However, this one continues by saying, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. And it got me to thinking about a lot of things all at once. And my pastor explained in the sermon that 
you know, God can reveal himself to others through your reflective submission to him as Jesus did for us. And that God's heart for my loved ones is even greater than mine is for them. And let me say that again, because that was something that, you know, I have always believed God loves us. God really, really loves us. And God loves us like a parent loves their child, right? It it tells us that in the Bible over and over and over again. But I feel like I needed to take a serious beating in the last week where I finally clicked. And hearing these, this statement here was what pushed everything over the edge for me. And that was, God's heart for our loved ones is even greater than ours is for them. And in reading and praying over the message, I found my heart kind of breaking, as it's done so many times before, at the thought of an eternity without some of the people that I love so much because they aren't believers, and struggling to understand how do we get over that loss? How does that work? How can this place be so absolutely perfect if my husband or my parents or my siblings or our children aren't there? These are good people, right? How could we not mourn over their absence and sentencing? And I I just... I I couldn't understand that. You know, will we be oblivious to the fact that they aren't there? Will we not remember them? And on a Monday night, sitting in a recliner after an extremely stressful day with these sobering thoughts in mind, trying to find some sort of explanation of how to not waver in my faith about the will of God for not only my heart, but for the heart of these non-believers, I fell on a pretty picture on Facebook as I'm scrolling that someone had shared that I would later find out as part of an old hymn or poem by Richard Maxwell that said the following, My knowledge of that life is small, the eye of faith is dim, but it's enough that Christ knows all and I shall be with him. And you guys, it was all I could do to not bawl right there in the middle of the den on that recliner with seven other family members wandering around about me because it finally hit me. Let me just say, I praise God daily for the blessing of growth in my faith to be able to walk into all of these upside down challenges and trials and changes of this past year alone in a way I never could have even imagined before. But this excerpt hit me hard and I realized that as I continue to battle with this worry over how I can be joyful in heaven without non-believing loved ones. I am quite literally not trusting that God knows all. Let that sink in for just a minute. If I truly believe, worship, and love God as my all-knowing Savior, I cannot at the same time question that what he says in his word about eternity is a hundred thousand percent just that. So in some serious self-reflection, I was devastated to realize the extent of my ignorance. And I have quite literally spoken the words to my husband before, questioning how could I want to go to heaven if he wasn't there? But you know what? That is literally making my husband a living idol, loving him more than I love God himself. And it took me a hot minute to find it. But in Matthew chapter 10, verses 37, God makes this very clear where he says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. (sighs) Guys, as we go a little farther... (laughs) 
this is where the knife gets twisted just a little bit deeper into my heart thinking on all of this. Who am I to question the judgment of God for punishing the very people that he loves more than we do for choosing not to spend eternity in fellowship with him? When we get to heaven, I think our sinful worldview will finally be pushed out of the way and cleansed from our eyes and our thoughts and our feelings, and we will no longer see sinful acts the same way. Even just now, with my human heart and human eyes, I'm starting to understand that just a little bit more. So how much more can God make that clear to us once we are really in his presence? And I'll point you to chapter 19 in Revelation. John talks about how he hears the praise and worship of many voices in heaven and the proclamation of God and his true and righteous judgments, right? They're praising him for his true and righteous judgments. So regardless of our memories or histories or love for these unbelievers, I think we will very clearly see their choice as unrepentant sinners for what it truly is, their choice in sin. And I know that God hurts more than I do, but I don't know. That's just, it's something that it's heartbreaking and comforting all in the same, kind of bittersweet, I guess comforting in that I now have this new perspective and instead of worrying how, I can worry why. Why are they going to choose this choice? And I can focus on what I can do to help share the gospel and lead um, these loved ones, hopefully ultimately to him so that we can spend eternity together. So now what? I absolutely do not want to insult God any longer questioning his righteous judgment. And I've prayed and continue to pray for forgiveness and not seeing where I personally still harbor distrust that he can and will follow through in his promises for a perfectly joyful eternity if I will wholeheartedly worship him and him alone and not not use my ignorance as a way to love others more than I love him. Which is a lesson I feel like for a while I've thought I've done such a great job at, but apparently there's always room to grow, right? (laughs) So I will no longer allow myself to feel sorry for the ones who refuse God's ultimate gift. I will be open and clear in sharing the gospel without concern for what people might think of me or if it's too much, right? Now, obviously, I'm not going to try to convince people or argue with people or lecture people or anything like that because I'm going to come back to, you know, what brought me to all of this self-reflection in the first place is God is saying, by my submission to authority here on earth, I'm showing my my hope in God. And so I hope to be better about showing what the light of God looks like through me, I guess, because I want what God wants. And that's that not any would perish, but have eternal life. And now I have this new found information and I have to do what I know that God is telling me to do with it. 
How's that for a comeback story? Or not a comeback story. How's that for a relaunch episode? Part of me worried about sharing this with you guys because I know that there are some of you that while you believe in God, you have not ultimately committed your lives and um, selves to him. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you and tell you to pray the prayer and all of this stuff. But if I can just tell you that if If you haven't done that yet and you are needing someone to talk to, I am always available. If you're not comfortable talking to me about it, talk to somebody else. If you want me to get you in connection with somebody who can talk to you about it, who's not going to preach at you or uh, anything like that, but answer your questions as best as possible, I am certainly 100,000% on board to help do that. So, so I hesitated for a moment to do this for our episode today, but I know for a fact that this was the reason that our relaunch got pushed off. And I'm going to take that step in somewhat fearful (laughs) obedience (laughs) because I may lose a few of you in listening to this, but I, I promised you from the start that I was going to be as completely transparent as I can because I am not perfect. I know I'm not perfect and I know that nobody else is either. And so if God is leading me in this direction because he is the perfect one, then I know that it's the right thing to do. And maybe it's only the right thing to do for me. Maybe it's only the right thing to do for one or two of you. Maybe it's the right thing to do for all 500 of you. But uh, regardless, I would never want to withhold direction and wisdom that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart to share with you guys. So that being said, we are way over our time limit for today. So it's so good to be back. I'm so glad to be back on here with you guys. I cannot wait to hear the good, the bad, the ugly of how things have been going for you. Ultimately, all I can say is if there is anything I can do to encourage you in what seems to be one of the most difficult times for a lot of people, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I'm going to let you guys go. As always, lots and lots of love and cheers. Did you like this episode? If you did, tell your friends all about it. <laughs> Thank you.